Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome on in to episode 56 of Sports Talk with Josh Marion and friends. I got my boy Matt Doloff alongside with me from 98.5 The Sports Hub. And uh, do you have any other affiliations there? Or? Uh, not currently, no. Just 98.5 The Sports Hub. Digital content. The Sports Hub, baby. Hell yeah, that's all you need. All right, man. <laughs> We're going to talk Patriots, obviously, and um, big flurry of signings the past couple days. Uh, my first question for you, you is, I want to know what's your favorite signing thus far. Uh, my favorite signing is definitely Matthew Judon, the, the linebacker Thank from the Ravens. God. Yeah, I think – I. That's funny, but it's, I guess you could say it's kind of a hot take, but when I saw that deal, I said, oh, that's a good value. Because um, I figured that there were going to be other guys who had higher sack totals and all that, and they were going to be able to leverage that into higher deals. So you got uh, Bud Dupree made more money, and uh, there's guys that are slipping uh, from my mind right now. Oh, uh, Leonard Williams, I think it is, from the Giants, got more money. And I just feel like, not that Judon's the same exact kind of player, but I just feel like he's a, he's a perfect fit for – Belichick, who, uh, who's going to be able to move him around, use him on each side of the formation, find good matchups for him, and he'll impact uh, the run and the, the pass. And uh, he's a, a tough bastard. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, everyone's comparing it to Adalis Thomas because of, there's, there's just a mirror to it as far as, like, his age, the fact that he came from the Ravens. And so, obviously, people are concerned because uh, Dalius Thomas only had that one good year for them, and then he sort of fell off, fell out of favor with the team and all that. Uh, so I don't know that Judon is going to be the exact same uh, type of person, professional, all that stuff, but football-wise, I think it's a great fit. And I think uh, what I was saying going into to free agency was who's going to be their new Stephon Gilmore move? Because last time they had this much space, they, they went and got Stephon Gilmore. Who's going to be the guy that Bill looks at and says, yeah, I'm paying for you know potential future performance and all that, but I feel like I could get this guy for just a little bit less than the top of the market, and then I'll get him to play like a top of the market guy. So I think the idea with Judon is that we're gonna we're gonna be getting you know a twenty million dollar player for fourteen million. Just so just to throw the numbers out there, I don't have all the exact numbers off the top of my head, but that's just that's just how I feel it's gonna go with with Matthew Judon. I love the signing. That's that's easily my favorite one. Now, do you feel like he's the product of the Raven system, or do you think that's uh, kind of an outlandish take there? Do you think he's really a real player? No, I don't think he's a product of the system. I think he he passes the eye test. He's, he's very strong. He is athletic, and he just he goes. He's like a pure power rusher. So like he's just going to push a guy out of his way basically to get to the quarterback. So he doesn't have like the most like refined techniques or anything like that. But uh. No, I think he's a legit player. He's just he's a little more well rounded. You know, the, the guys that get like the, the twelve, fifteen sacks every year are the ones that get all the hype. You know, I, I honestly prefer a guy like Judon who, who can be a three down player. I think he's he can be impactful stopping the run and getting to the quarterback. And I think uh I think you're gonna see more of that with the Patriots. I think Bill's gonna find ways to put him in a position to succeed and he's gonna play uh, hopefully the best football of his career. 
Now, do you think uh, Bill Belichick was pressured into making these moves? I want Robert Kraft. I mean, maybe. I mean, I'm sure. Not just Robert Kraft, but the media and you know, fans. No, I, don't, I don't think I don't think Bill gives a shit what any of us say. I mean, I think the only the only person he will answer to is Robert Kraft, or uh, maybe even Jonathan Kraft, because he might be the future owner of the team uh, while Bill's still the coach. But uh, I think those are the only people he would probably answer to. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a little pressure to go out and improve the roster. And uh, I don't think Bill. I think Bill himself hated going seven and nine, but I'm pretty sure Robert Kraft hated going seven and nine and not getting. Uh, any playoff games out of that last year? Not that it, not that it would have really made much of a difference without fans in the stadium. But I think Robert said, "Bill, we're going to have fans in the stadium next year. I, sucking is not acceptable. We have all this room to spend. You got to go out and get me some players. You got to, you got to make the football team better." And so, and he said, "You know, he'll look at Bill and say, I'll leave that to you. You know, I'll leave the football decisions to you. But you got to make the football team better." And Bill uh, was probably like, yes, I uh, totally agree with that. And so he went out and made this uh, big spree. I mean, I think it, may, it might have been sort of a message to, to people like us and people around the league that like, hey, we're not, I'm not giving up. We're not going anywhere. We're going to be right back in this thing next year. And so I think that message was sort of received on uh, Monday with that flurry of moves. But, um, you know, if there was any pressure, if Belichick was feeling any pressure, it was from Robert Kraft. He doesn't. He, I, I hope he's not listening to anything we say. I mean, but I don't know. Maybe he saw my columns where I said they should get Matt June on. Maybe he, was, maybe he saw that. No, oh, that's a good idea. But uh, I, I doubt it. I think he's, if he was getting pressure from anyone, it was from Robert Kraft. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kraft definitely, um, Kraft definitely probably had a say in things. I mean, he definitely wouldn't want that bad of a football team back. And, you know, he's obviously signing off on these big signings that, that have happened in the past couple of days. Um Sure. My next question for you was: uh, Do you think Aguilar is the number one wide receiver? I know. I know a lot of people are saying he's not. I think he is. Um, what say you? Really? You think he's a number one? For the Patriots, at least. I mean, yeah, I, I, like I don't know. I just that's one of the signings where I, I thought it was curious. It's, it's it's not like I mean I don't. It seems like an overpayment, but it really is sort of middle of the road money for a receiver. Um. But like the curious thing to me is that what actually just came down is Curtis Samuel, who I would have liked more, signed a deal with the Washington football team for around the like around the same AAV, around eleven million a year, I think it was. And so I don't know. I thought Samuel was a better fit for them. Oh, uh, wasn't Aguilar been... two for twenty six, thirteen mil? Yeah, um, and I mean it's really two for twenty two. I think there's incentives in there that could push it to thirteen. Oh, uh, okay. Um, even if it's two for twenty two, I figured eleven million is a lot. For Aguilar, who's, I mean, he had a he had a good year last year. He was productive, but it's just, you Damn, know, I think he still has to stay in the That's that's the, that's the guy I really wanted too, Doloff. Oh, you wanted both of them? Well, no, I I, I wanted Samuel over Aguilar for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, he's 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 at best he's he's best as he could be a number two receiver, but uh, he's really like a complimentary deep threat with the, you know, the potential to, to score a lot of touchdowns and make some big plays. And, you know, maybe like, like Bill does most of the time, he puts him in a position to succeed. And, you know, maybe he, maybe he plays his best football for the Patriots. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like the cap hit is low uh, this year, but it's going to jump up to $15 million next year. So that's – I already see a restructure coming after next season, regardless of what happens with Aguilar. Uh, he's definitely an upgrade over Demir Bird. I mean, Demir Bird was basically supposed to be like their speed deep guy last year, 
and I liked Bird, but you know, I'll, I'll take Aguilar over him. And uh, I just think that the question is, can can Bill fix the the, the drop issues? And, and you know, Aguilar is still only 27 years old, I think. So I don't know. Maybe he looks at Aguilar and says he's, his best years are still ahead of him. We're going to fix the issues with his hands. We're going to put him in a spot where it's not going to be too hard to make a catch. You know, and things like that. And that's what I hope for with Aguilar. But um, what I what I like about the Aguilar signing is really that he doesn't have to be the number one receiver. I think the, they're, they're going to run the offense through the two tight ends, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. Uh, I don't know who between Smith and Henry is going to be, you know, the top target. Henry is a more accomplished receiver. I think he's generally considered the better pass catching tight end out of those two. So you oh, know, if anything, Hunter Henry is going to be their number one pass catcher. I think that's sort of how you have to look at it. They didn't, once they had Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, they didn't need to go get like a Kenny Gall there, go out and get Allen Robinson or like some, some like big high priced clear number one receiver. Like they, they're going to run the offense through Hunter Henry and John Smith for the most part. So I think that's why they went for more complimentary guys like, like Nelson Aguilar and, and uh, Kendrick Bourne, who was another guy who I think is going to be good here. I think he's a really good fit. Um, yeah. So I honestly think he I could think, be the bigger impact for us. Um, just cause he, just because, um, They'll probably load up on Aguilar, and you know, Bourne will be the slot guy or something, you know, like like that. And um, you know, I think Bourne could be a, you know, the really most underrated uh, free agent that we got. Yeah, if, if Edelman isn't coming back, or if he's not going to be the same guy anymore, then I think Bourne is going to be their new third down possession receiver, move the sticks kind of guy. I think that's what he's going to be. So they'll have him underneath. They'll have the two tight ends underneath. And uh, they'll, and then they'll have Aguilar deep. So I mean, they're gonna make they're gonna make teams defend every, every blade of grass, as uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have said in the past. So I mean, that's good. They do they do finally have the weapons that we've been talking about. You know, like every, like Aguilar and, and Bourne. You know, I didn't get terribly excited over either of those guys, but they are an upgrade over what they had last year. You know, like Bourne, maybe Bourne and Jacoby Myers. I guess you could say are, are basically the same guy. But um, but Aguilar is definitely an upgrade over Demir Bird and, and pretty much everyone else they had at, at wide receiver last year. And then obviously, they went from having no tight ends to having the the best tight end room in the NFL. So uh, things are looking up for the offense. Uh, even even if Cam Newton's a starting quarterback, I mean they they have to be better than they were last year. Just just with all these weapons that they've added. Who do you want to be the next starting quarterback? Wow, that's a broad ass question, man. Uh, I would love it. I, I would like it if they got Jimmy G back. I don't, I don't know how realistic that is at this point. I, my sense is that uh, they tried for Jimmy G before they even got I was got kind of thinking agency. besides him because I don't think he's a realistic option either. Right. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, and like Russell Wilson, Sean Watson, obviously, but they're not realistic. Realistically, I'll, I'd like it if they just drafted someone at this point. You know, like Cam Newton could be, can be the veteran. And if he's not, if he doesn't want to be a backup, then it, it'll be easy to cut him because it's not a big financial commitment to him. It's not they're not going to be uh, cash strapped if they have to cut him before the season. So uh, I think Cam Newton has to hopefully accept that he's he might be the backup, or if he's not good enough, then they might have to go to the kid that they draft. And I mean, but that gets to my point that I've I've never been a big fan of trading up for a quarterback, and I I doubt that Bill Belichick wants to do that because. I, I don't think Bill Belichick would ever look at a single a single quarterback and say, you know, I'm going to trade all my draft picks for the next uh, three years because this is the only quarterback that's worth having. 
for the next three years. So, I mean, I would like to see them draft a guy, but preferably, you know, at best, if they're going to move up, it would be like, you know, 15 to 12 or something, which wouldn't cost a, a whole lot. Or, uh, you know, or maybe take someone at 15 or even in the second round. Like, like maybe if they took a guy like – if a guy like Kyle Trask from Florida is, is still available in the second round, then, then I'd be happy with that. Uh, Kellen Mond from Texas A&M is an interesting one. He, he wouldn't be too expensive as far as uh, where he's going to go in the draft. But at this point, yeah, I think if, if you got Cam Newton already, then don't get another veteran. Uh, just, just draft a guy until you have a room with you – have, you have Stidham uh, maybe as a third stringer, probably most likely. Uh, you got your high draft pick. You got your upside there. And then you got Cam Newton as the veteran who's, who's you know, a good leader, good teammate, and all those things that – Cam Newton would be a huge upgrade over Brian Hoyer is, is how I would put it. Uh, so hopefully, I, I, I kind of hope they do draft someone uh, relatively high, first or second round, without having hopefully not to, to trade way up just to get like a specific guy. Hopefully someone falls to them or, you know, they just take someone at their, at their slot who falls to them who's, who's available. And um, I think that's, that's sort of where, where I kind of hope they go at this point. If they're not going to make a, a, a major move, then they should just look at the draft. So you obviously don't think Deshaun Watson's in play. You don't think we have the ammunition for that? Oh, God. I mean, I, I mean, I guess you could say anyone technically has the ammunition for a deal like that because you are talking about multiple first-round picks. But, um, no, yeah, there are going to be teams that if they want to, to get, go get Deshaun Watson, they do have better draft picks and uh, – you know, better assets in that regard. But uh, I just don't think it's, – it's so weird. I just don't know what to think. Um, you, got, you got John McClain, who's been a uh, respected Texas beat guy for a long time. He said on, like, the first day that uh, there was, like, a, a rumor that Watson wanted out. He said, oh, I, I have a better chance of being the quarterback than Deshaun Watson being traded. He said something like that. And then today he says uh, they've been saying for a while he's not going to be traded. I expect him to be traded. And, you know, Schefter, who's the most trusted uh, reporter in the country, says, said uh, a while ago that Watson asked to be traded. And, like, I think the, the proverbial writing is on the wall there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think he's really in play for the Patriots. But, I mean, I, you know, I could be wrong. After what they did at the first two days of free agency, I guess anything's possible. But, uh yeah, it would be scary to think of how much that would take to get Watson to come here. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, I don't think we have the ammunition for it. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he would definitely work here, you know, and uh, it was luckily that he added us to our list after the after all these free agent signings. But, you know, you know I, I'm with you, man. I don't think they have the ammunition. And um, should we have another running back here or – what do you think about that? I think they're going to add a running back. That's, I mean, they've been in on that market, and uh, they're losing James White and Rex Burkhead most likely. I feel like James White is going to go to Tampa or Miami. Like someone, someone who, who he's familiar with is going to offer more money than the Patriots, and he, he, he should just go get the money at this point in his career. No, I know the guy that they've been talking about is like Philip Lindsay. Are you in a, on a guy like that, or...? I'd like Philip Lindsay. Yeah, it would probably only take – at this point, I feel like most free agents at this point are only going to get one-year deals. You know, maybe maybe like one of these fake two-year deals that's really a glorified one-year deal that just helps spread out the cap money because you can just make shit up with like fake voidable years and shit. It's getting ridiculous. 
uh, yeah, Frank, yeah. With, the, with the fake voidable years on these cards. I feel like they're going to close that loophole at some point. But, um, yeah, I feel like most guys are going to get one-year deals, and they'll, they probably will sign a running back to a one-year deal. Uh, they, they, and like I said, since they're going to lose James White and Rex Burkhead, they probably need to get a guy who can catch passes. And not that Damian Harris and Sonny Michelle can't do that, but I think they're, they're going to be best suited in early down rolls. And I think that's why you're hearing rumors about them getting uh, or, or talking about or looking at guys like Leonard Fournette or Chris Carson, proven, proven running backs in the league and they're proven pass catching running backs. And I mean, Fournette would have potential to be like your bell cow. So, I mean, that would be a little surprising because I mean, like is Damian Harris suddenly falling out of favor? Cause he looked pretty good last year. I like him. And uh, he seems like a good patron Definitely. and all that. So, um, but I'm, I do see them signing someone to a one year deal, you know, for like five or 6 million or something like that. No, nope. completely low risk, but a guy that they feel could fit in terms of what they're going to want to do as far as just catching passes in the short areas, getting the ball in space. And yeah, the, Lindsay is a name that intrigues me. I did, I haven't really thought about like who I would want in particular at that position. Cause I, I always just preferred they would bring James white back, but um, oh, yeah, no, I, I think Philip Lindsay would be good here. Yeah. Who you want? He, would come on, he would come on a low deal and, you know, I think he would run hard for us and, um, you know, he's a smaller guy, but, you know, it's it's not just about that at the running back position. He's got some skills, and he can freaking – he can bang out. He can he can do the thing, you know. Um, I yeah, no, they almost prefer you. that guy. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'd say they almost prefer the smaller guy with, with their history, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, my next question for you was, um, what what if Cam Newton is a starting quarterback? What do you – do you think that's worth, like, two or three more wins? Um, with this current roster that, that they just, um, you know, put together? Or uh, what say you about that? Well, the history suggests that the teams that go out and spend a shitload in free agency, they do improve their win total. There's not a proven track record that they get back to the Super Bowl or anything like that. But I think the hidden thing that, that people don't really say in that uh, equation is that those teams typically haven't had good coaches or quarterbacks either. And I know the Patriots don't have uh, their quarterback situation totally settled, but they do have the best coach in the league. And uh, so I think that that makes their situation a little bit different. And there's the whole thing that they, they decided to spend now because the cap went down and they, they sort of backloaded these deals. So they're going to, they're going to cost more against the cap in the, the next couple of years after this, this coming season, but the cap is going to spike. So they're not really going to be in as bad a position as say the teams that end up uh, spending big money, you know, two, three years from now, and they're going to say, oh, my God, the cap's way up. Let's spend all the way up to it, you know, and then the, those are going to be the teams that get themselves in the, in what, you know, the, the cap jail, so to speak. But, um, but back to the original question, if it's, just say, just, just assume that Cam Newton uh, doesn't, he stays healthy, doesn't get COVID. He has the full offseason, has the full training camp. He practice and he, he has everything down and he's ready to go. I think he could be average. I think he was obviously below average last year. And what concerns me is that he got worse at, at the end of the season. He got worse as the season goes along, which is uh, very atypical of the Patriots. So that kind of concerns me. And, uh, but like when he, he wasn't the same after he got COVID, he had, I don't know, maybe one or two good games after that, but he really wasn't the same after that. 
And I don't want to use that as an excuse. It's, it's his fault that he, that he got COVID. But just, it, just, assuming that he, just assuming that everything goes right and he has that full offseason that he didn't have last year and he stays on the field, stays healthy and all that, I think he could get back to being an average quarterback. And I think like the, the whole thing with like he can't throw anymore, he can't, he can't complete a pass, he's going to throw it at their feet every play, I think it's gone a little too far. That's, that's sort of what happens with, with uh, us, at, at the, you know, Boston the sports media, Boston sports fans, people on social media. It just, it all, there's, this, there's always this groundswell towards a negative take that it just gets worse and worse to a point where it's just, it just gets completely overblown. And I'm not saying Cam Newton was good last year. He wasn't. But it's not like the ball didn't go into the turf every single play. He made some good throws. Even late in the season, he made some good throws. So, like, and he, and he's never been um, the most consistent guy with his mechanics or his accuracy or anything like that. And, and look, I get if you're, if you're counter to the point to that as well, he's not the same guy anymore because he can't run anymore. He doesn't have the same uh, arm strength that he once had. And that, those are fair points. But at the same time, there were times where there were plays to be made but the receivers either weren't getting open or they were dropping the ball. But Cam Newton is going to have Cam Newton is going to be flush with weapons who are going to be a getting open and b catching the ball. And so, like, especially a guy like Johnny Smith, who, who's Bill Belichick himself said, I don't think there's anyone better in the league after the catch, and he is really good after the catch. The, the stats bear that out. He had like the third highest yak among all tight ends last year, or something like that. And so the, the weapons are way better. Uh, he's he's going to have the full off season to get ready. And I think you're, you're going too far. If you say that means he's going to be back to his MVP form. I don't think you're ever going to see that again, but I think he could get back to being average and be an adequate quarterback. And hopefully the, 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 the number one thing to me, honestly, is not even the throwing accuracy or anything. It's the ball security. That, that was the thing. Like he had the fumble at the end of the bills game. There were some terrible interceptions, and so I don't know if he's going to get that out of his game. If he can't, if he can't protect the ball better, it's, it could be the same as last year. But if he can just protect the ball better, make simpler decisions, and I think they will allow him to do that with their better weapons. But um, as long as he makes better decisions with the ball and protects it better, I think he could be an average quarterback. And I think with this roster, and they're going to have a, a better defense than last year, they're going to be elite on special teams again. I think they're gonna they're gonna produce a lot more on offense, and if he's average, I think they're a playoff team again. So I think so. If you this is a long way of saying, yeah, they're probably they could probably go you know eleven and six, you know maybe maybe twelve and five because it is a seventeen. Eleven and five. Eleven and five. We'll call it eleven and six because it's seventeen games. But uh, oh yeah, yeah that's I think right. They could come back with seventeen games. Yeah. Yeah. And even still, like, they could have won 10 games last year and still missed the playoffs, so is that good enough? I don't know. But they, they have to be better than last year. Cam, Cam can't really be worse than he was last year. Hopefully not. But uh, offensively, the personnel is, is like night and day after these moves they've made. And I think even, even losing David Andrews, which I was concerned about, bringing back Ted Karras is a good way of softening that blow. And so it's not going to be a total Damn right. Reset. They're still going to have a really good offensive line, even without Joe Tooney. Uh, Michael Owen, who is a, a stud, he's going to play guard. And Trent Brown's back. We know he works here. And so they're going to have a good offensive line. They have, they're going to have a good running game, and they're going to protect Cam. And uh, hopefully everything goes right for Cam, and he, he stays on the field. And uh, they're going to make more plays on offense. So 
question is, can he protect the ball and can he come through in the clutch? Because I think the, the whole thing is Cam Newton come in the clutch. It's, it's been sort of a coin flip his entire career. You know, like he, he, he had the fumble at the end of the Bills game, but he also had the big throw at the end of that Jets game that they won on the last play uh, with the game-winning field goal. So, you know, you don't, you're still going to be sort of holding your breath if it comes down to Cam Newton with the ball at the end of the game and a chance to win or he has to, you know, come from behind. Uh, that's still sort of a scary proposition. But if Cam Newton gets back to being average, serviceable, and uh, all their weapons are, are making plays when they get the ball in their hands, then they're going to be a lot better than last year, and they'll probably improve by, just call it, three or four games. Easily, easily. Well, now we get into the fun. Now we get into the six random questions for you. We're going to start oh, out with number one. <laughs> are you Irish? I have zero Irish in me. Zero Irish. What's your heritage? Uh, my mom is 100% Italian, so I'm 50% Italian. And then my dad is like a mutt. He's, he's told me I got German, Dutch, and French Canadian, I think is what he told me. It's a mix of that stuff. You know, so no my, Irish, my, you're, not having, uh, you're not having corned beef tonight? No, no, I'm not, not a big. I like shepherd's pie. Is that Irish? But, uh, yeah, I'm not a big corned beef and cabbage guy, not at all. All righty. Uh, question number two, are you a fan of the Kardashians? Uh, I think uh, I think Kim is a very attractive woman, uh, but I'm not really. I've never really watched their show or anything. I uh, never really understood the whole concept of them just being famous for being rich and famous and hot. But uh, I mean, I, I don't. I don't like hate them. I'm not going out of my way to to, to shit on them on Twitter or anything like that. But uh, I've never been a fan. All righty, I like it. I like it better than most would say. I would think. I'm really um, indifferent. I'm indifferent, but if you ask me if I'm a fan, that's that's a no. All righty, all righty. Um, question number three, are your current favorite guilty pleasure food? Guilty pleasure? Oh, man. I have a lot of guilty pleasures. <laughs> uh, let me think. I mean, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups is a little too obvious. Is this? I don't know. But, uh, no, it's not. I'll, I'll, I'd put that at the top of my list of guilty pleasures, and that, but I'm like, that might be that might be an innocent pleasure because everybody loves Reese's, you know. Yeah, uh, right. I still like those little powdered donuts, those white powdered donuts that you find at every gas station and convenience store. I'll uh, I'll gorge on that every now and then if I want to feel like a fat piece of shit. But uh, I guess those would be my uh, guilty pleasures. <laughs> All righty. Uh, question number four: Blondes or brunettes? Oh, jeez. Uh, brunette. Brunettes are the ones you marry. Blondes are the ones you know, you, you know what with. But um, we're on to question number five. Are you an angry driver? Uh, not really. No, I don't, I don't, I'm like, I rarely yell at people or flip them off or anything like that. I don't, I try to stay out of trouble. I've, uh, there you go. I, I'll beep at someone if they're, slow you know or driving like an idiot oh of course so, i've had people like yeah i've had like psychos try to like follow me for a bit before they give up so i try not to engage because you never know uh what i was going through or what's going through that person's head so um yeah man for real yeah i turned I, i'm good at passing the time with like a podcast or music or whatever while i'm sitting in the car so i don't i honestly don't mind sitting in traffic Sometimes as long as it's not terrible, um, but yeah, no, I'm 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 a pretty chill driver for the most part. There we go. 
We'll get you out of here on this. Question number six. What's the nicest thing a complete stranger has done for you? Nicest thing a complete stranger has done for me. I yeah, asked Greg Bedard the same one. question, and he was absolutely stumped. I'm stumped. I don't. I don't even. I don't interact with strangers very often. <laughs> um, well, not recently. Oh, but oh, oh I know. Yeah. I, no, I know. When I moved into my current apartment, I, a, there was like a window of time where I had to sit outside with all my furniture because, like, the realtor didn't have the keys yet or something, or like I had to wait until a certain time. I forget what happened. Someone, someone had volunteered to like watch my stuff for a while while I went and got like when tried to find the guy and uh you know I, I, it was hard to trust the person I was like is this person gonna leave my stuff but I, I like literally took down the person's name and, and all that stuff so just so that in case there was any funny business I would know who the person is oh, absolutely. Uh, but yeah that person uh, you know they, they hung out and uh I came back and all my stuff was still there so that was that was nice I don't know if that's the nicest thing ever because it's hard to think of that off the top of my head but um yeah, I guess maybe I should interact with strangers a little more. <laughs> it's hard to do these days, you know. It's, uh, oh, yeah, these days, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy these days. But uh, thank you so much for coming on, Matt Doloff. Really appreciate it, man. And I uh, will post this as soon as possible. And um, hope you have a great rest of your night. Let's go Celtics, right? <laughs> yeah, I got that on right now. They're down, uh, well, they're down eight. Someone just hit a three. Uh, but, yeah, no, thanks for having me on, man. This is fun. It's always a fun time. All right, brother. Take care, all right? All right. Thanks. Have a good one. All right, man. Bye-bye.